Welcome to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Sarah Hall here. I am a certified health and wellness coach, athletic trainer, mom, and breast cancer survivor. I help women overcome their own mind drama to make mind shifts that open up the possibility for their most empowered and energetic life. And I am Beth Wilmus, author, speaker, and founder of a human investment organization, otherwise known as a nonprofit called Faith Through Fire. Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms. Hello. Hello. How are you feeling? Oh, you know, I'm getting by. Yeah. The, the weather here has been like... 20s, 60s, 40s, 50s, 20s. Yeah, Sarah's yeah. head is like revolting. <clears throat> yeah, my sinuses are. Is it revolting or rebelling? Probably rebelling. Revolting. What's a revolt? Revol- a revolt. revolt. A revolt. Can you revolt? I'm... I feel like I need to Google what revolt means now. Well, rev- I always think of revolting as gross, but I think a that's revolt. repulsive. No, that's revolting. No. Yes. Revolting. Hold means, on, I'm. I'm. Yeah. About, hold I'm, on. Hold on. We're doing this. Insurgents revolt and had to be suppressed. There you yeah, go. So, okay. Your body was revolting. Oh, cause to feel disgust. So you're all right on both okay. accounts. Both accounts. Hello. Thank yes. you. Yes. My sinuses are revolting. You're. They're both gross and <laughs> they're mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. what are you doing for it? Oh, uh, you don't want to know. Is it woo wooey? Oh, you have no idea. Oh, gosh. I had saved a little breast milk. Oh, God. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah. Okay, your daughter is how old now? Five. And you have breast milk in your freezer? In the deep freezer. Like, so I just broke off a little chunk, and then I just squirted in my ear, and and I slept. In your ear? Yeah. Oh, dear God. Well, okay, I would never squirt five-year-old breast milk in my (laughs) ear, but... I, I do feel like I've gotten a little bit more open to trying. You new have. It's, it's I making feel... the grasshopper proud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, she's dragging me to the dark side, you guys. <laughs> I hate that you think that this is the dark side. Welcome to the light side. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, you know, I, I will say that when traditional methods are not working, you do yeah. start looking elsewhere. Yeah. Right? And, and you're always pleasantly surprised. Mm not always. Sometimes it's like, yeah, this is... <laughs> oh my this God, is... the skeptic is still in there. Oh, for sure. Because there's so much stuff out there that's garbage. But there are sure. so many things that are good too. So Yeah, yeah. Which leads us to our topic today. Yeah, I'm excited. Today, we're going to be talking to Laura Mathias. Laura has been a physical therapist since 2007 when she graduated from St. Louis University with her master's degree in physical therapy. She has her bachelor's degree in exercise science from St. Louis University as well. Laura has been passionate about learning learning and treating her patients with fascial counterstrain. In 2008, Laura began practicing strain counterstrain, which was the original counterstrain technique. But now she primarily uses fascial counterstrain in her treatments, which was developed later. And fascial counterstrain is a cutting edge, extremely effective manual technique that gently unlocks the body's healing potential. So today we're going to talk about what is counterstrain and facial counterstrain. Fascial counterstrain, rather. Facial. Facial. Facial, facial. It, it really gets complicated. <laughs> uh, it does. So what is counterstrain? What is fascial counterstrain? And then we're going to talk about why she changed from standard PT to counterstrain. Yeah, fascial counterstrain. Yep. And who can benefit <laughs> from the technique? But before we do that and we introduce Laura, let's hear from our first sponsor. Thrive-In is a proud sponsor of Faith Through Fire. 
Thrivent believes money is a tool and not a goal. The Gateway Financial Group with Thrivent is local to the St. Louis area and can work with you to create a financial strategy that reflects your priorities and helps you protect the things that matter to you, like family and giving back. Please call 314-783-4214 to schedule a free consultation with one of Thrivent's Gateway Financial Advisors. So today we're talking, we were talking offline before we got on here this morning about out-of-the-box treatments, right? Yes. And we're doing this whole series on quality of life and interventions that people may or may not have heard of. Yep. I feel like I've been a little bit more open to out of the box from the get go. For sure. We've we've turned you on to out of the box a little bit more. Well, what happens is, is when you try traditional Uh and it doesn't work, Mm -hmm. you start searching for something that's maybe out of the box. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what's led me to our guest today. All right. Welcome, Laura. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's start with counter what like what counter strain is, because I feel like for a lot of people listening, this is going to be the first time they've ever heard of it. Can can I kind of give you my layman's understanding since I'm new to it and you can kind of confirm or deny my understanding? <laughs> sure, that'd be great. OK, so so here's my personal experience with it. Right. Traditional physical therapy focuses on muscles and tendons, bones and ligaments, but strain counter strain looks at the whole body, including the lymphatic system, nerves, fascia, organs, muscles, even even the arteries and veins. Is that is that fair? Yes. And that would be more specific to fascial counter strain. And okay. I can go into that in a second. Sure. But. And then it's like you you find these tender points in the body. Everybody has these tender points and you basically release these tender points as a means to restore the whole body. So what I think is really fascinating about this is that, for example, I'm trying to recover from a traumatic surgery on my arm. But and so a traditional physical therapist is going to focus all their attention on that arm, right? Increasing my mobility, on that arm and they're going to kind of crank on that arm. But the the whole concept behind what you do is that there could be dysfunction in other parts of the body that are leading me to kind of brace and protect that injured arm. And your job is to find where that dysfunction is and restore it so that so that your whole body can heal. Is I mean, that's kind of what we're working toward, right? Yeah. And even if you think about it like this, if you let's say you were part of like the blue man group, you know, mm-hmm. and you had that full body suit on. If someone were to pull down by your right hip and to collect that material in one location, you're not actually going to feel their hand on the material right where they have it. You're going to feel it probably like in your shoulders or something. You're going to feel it somewhere else because it's pulling that material and somewhere else has to give. And so you might feel that your shoulders are tight, but what if you have tension in your hip that's actually pulling on your shoulders and people only ever address your shoulders, you'll never get better. Yeah. That kind of goes back to the idea of your fascia, right? Like for people that don't understand the role of fascia in the body. It's all connected. Yeah. Can you, can you kind of touch on that? Like what fascia does and why, why it operates the way it does? So I'm definitely not your fascia expert, but (laughs) in my most simple Laura terms, fascia is your deep connective tissue. It, goes around every structure in the body and it's all connected and it looks like a web sort of like those spider webs that come out at halloween when you you know spread them out the fake spider webs you decorate your house with and stuff to me it kind of looks like that except for it's like wet looking under a microscope and it changes shape it changes its web-like function and 
normally it's just a supportive structure. So it's going to go from the top of your head to the tip of your toes. It's going to go around every artery, vein, nerve, bone, ligament, tendon, parts of your spinal cord, organs, you know, everywhere. There's nowhere that doesn't connect. It goes everywhere. And it's all interconnected. And normal healthy fascia is easy to move. It glides, it sort of shapes, it changes shape a little bit as we move. Let's say you're doing some stretching or something and it just feels really good. There's also stretching that feels really bad. That stretching that feels bad is because that fascia has inflammatory cytokines in the area that have locked the fascia up. So now instead of it being nice and loose and moving easy directions, it's locked down and it's around specific structures. So if it's around an artery, you actually might have weakness to a muscle because it's not getting proper blood flow to the area. So you're not getting proper nutrition and the muscle is like inherently weak or the organ that it goes, that artery goes to is inherently weak. But when the fascia is released, it's no longer in spasm. It's no longer like locking down these inflammatory cytokines. And as that stuff releases, that artery to the organ or the muscle can now be strong. So, you know, yes, it's it's restoring that function. Yeah. Unrestricted. That's good. So you kind of mentioned fascial counter strain is different than other, like the form of counter strain that you perform. Can you kind of go into the differences of what you do versus other methods? So there's strain counter strain, which is the original method of counter strain. That was originated by Dr. Lawrence Jones, and he's a doctor of osteopath who is no longer with us. He basically discovered that he couldn't help this one patient of his that he tried every which way to help this guy, couldn't get him comfortable. All his traditional manual work wasn't working. And he was like, you know what, let's just find you a comfortable position so that you can lay here and that you can have rest that you can finally like sleep. So he props him up in all these different ways and basically goes and helps another patient comes back, takes the guy out of the position. And he's like, what'd you do? I feel amazing. And he was like, what? So Dr. Jones sort of happened upon it by helping this patient and his releases are the strain counter strain. He didn't really understand what he was releasing. He just found these tender points and, oh, if you place the body like this, that tender point goes away. And so there was only like, I believe, 250 something tender points with the original strain counter strain. Brian Tucky, who is a physical therapist, he was trained by Dr. Jones to instruct strain counter strain. And he was going a little further with things and he would like tweak a different part of the body and get better results. And he went down this path of trying to figure out what exactly were we treating with strain counter strain that these tender points would just release when you put the body in a position of ease. And he, over time, basically discovered that he was treating fascia and it was specific to an anatomical structure. So it wasn't just a general position. And what he found over time, just it's been a long process for him and it's still actually being continued. He's still developing brain work. He basically discovered that there is a mapping system all over your head and face. The the bony structure, it locks up on your head and face in very specific parts that are related to systems of the body. And it will basically 
it's consistent. It's all based on when we're formed in the womb as a fetus, like we're forming our head first and then our spine and then our appendages. And so there's a mapping system that comes from the skull itself. And we can basically check those maps with our hands by checking the movement of your bones to see what's locked up. And then we go and fix it with a little gentle glide or position. So strain counter strain was only positional and there was like 250 something tender points. And now there's over 2000 tender points and still Brian is discovering more. And there's even 72 maps that have been mapped out on the head and face. Wow. I think so. it's really interesting, the concept of putting the body in a position of ease versus putting mm-hmm. it in a position of stress, because yep. that was my experience is like, okay, so you've had this major surgery, your arm, like my arm in particular, was very traumatized. And it didn't make sense to me that we were going to further traumatize it and make it more aggravated versus kind of... <laughs> giving it a little bit of release, Mm -hmm. you know, like that was the part that was like I was having trouble with and you'd make some gains and then you'd slide back. And I just I was like, this doesn't feel like healing if you have to worry about regressing. Right. So I want to get into because you were trained as a standard physical therapist and you kind of changed course. And I want to get into that. But before we do that, you want to do boobs? Let's do boobs. All right. Boobs in the News is a fun segment where we read funny tweets by real people or ridiculous news stories. Boobs in the News! Boobs in the News! Boobs in the News! Are you ready for this boob? (laughs) Are you ready? ready? (laughs) All right. The title of this one, this comes from, I think, The Mirror. Uh, It says, Man with car crash injuries is lucky to be alive after tripping over his hairless pet cat. Man with car crash injuries. Okay. Listen to this. Okay. A man broke nine ribs, fractured his spine, and cracked his skull, leaving him with a bleed on his brain after he tripped on his pet cat. Oh, dang. That's that's just unfortunate. Yeah. Then, okay, so this guy is 59, a professional musician. He laid on the floor for 14 hours with his injuries before being discovered. This is sad. uh, Yeah. So it says the hairless sphinx jumped up and latched onto Chris's leg. And as he tried to move Uh. out of the way, he slipped down the stairs. Oh, this is why I don't like cats. Leaving him with (laughs) catastrophic injuries akin to a car crash. De- oh, oh, gotcha. So the injuries were, were well, like, like what a you car would see crash. I see in a massive car crash. Now, so are, are are they are they saying the cat is like one hundred percent at fault here? Uh, yeah, the cat's the boob. Yeah. So you don't like, off with his you, head. You don't like cats, right? <laughs> no, no, you don't like cats. No, for how this do, reason. How do you? Feel I had about- a cat growing up that would literally. I would step out of bed in the morning, and she would just like attack you. Ah, oh, around see, my leg. I find that endearing. I like cats. Not when they have claws, it is well, not endearing. Okay, so for all the PETA people out there, we used to declaw our cats. Oh, so well, they, yeah, no. They couldn't do we that. Were, we were country people. We couldn't declaw them. They'd be hungry. Oh, and they'd probably get killed by wild animals. Well, that too. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Well, the uh, rats would kill them. Right. <laughs> well, you know, cats are one thing, but have you seen these hairless cats? Oh, yes. I actually <laughs> want to get one. What? Because you don't like cats. No, I do like cats. Oh, you like cats. I like cats. But my husband and I find them amusing. We like how disinterested and and annoyed they are by humans. Like we think that's hilarious. So we kind of matches your personality. It matches our personalities. Like we feel like (laughs) that was not meant to be a compliment. Yeah, I know. (laughs) 
That's okay. You're like, yes, yes, it does. I mean, you know, it's fine. They're they're just like they're they're they own it, right? And we just appreciate that about them. But the thing is, is my kids are allergic, and so they'd have to. It would have to be a hairless cat. Ugh. Plus, I don't like the idea of cat hair. Yeah, sure. So yeah, this thing is pretty hideous, though. And I'm I'm good with like the wrinkly skin and the bald body, but it's like the rat tail that bothers me. No. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, this is a kitten, and this guy says, "I can't remember much. Just falling fast. It was quick and over within seconds, but then I was at the bottom. Yep. And I was there for 14 hours before because his partner works nights, oh, and it no. happened in the late evening when no one else was in the house, and his phone was dead. Oh so his man. His phone was dead. He couldn't get up, and he has claustrophobia, so he was, like, kind of freaking out. Oh I mean, gosh. it sounds like a really nightmarish 14, 14 yeah. hours. And then he and his wife, like, took I mean, pictures he's not in the like, hospital. He's, like, not an old-looking man. He, I mean, he's 57. He's not old. Right, but he lo- looks what? like he's got... I don't know. I just... In my brain, I envisioned somebody much older. <laughs> well, you you hear about a fall, and that's kind of where you I go. I think, yeah, but yeah. But you... I mean, people fall all the time. I can't believe the kind of injuries that come from falls. Well, that cat is definitely the boob. Yeah, it said it took a big bit, big chunk out of my leg. Ooh, that's God. not that's not like a swipe. Okay, so now my question is, did he keep the cat? Oh, of course. They love the cat. But here's the funny part, Sarah. Oh. Guess what the cat's name is? Medical Bill. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. The cat's name is Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Who names the cat Eric? Uh, that's weird. I think it's so uh, funny that okay, the cat's that's name my is... husband's name. That's <laughs> <laughs> rude. There's your bibs. There's your bibs. Bibs in the news. Bibs in the news. Bibs in the news. So you were a traditional physical therapist, and then you were seeing traditional patients who doctors would refer to you. When you decided to make the change, like, how do you feel like that was received by the doctors? that were Or, or what prompted yeah. you to do that? Like, how did that whole thing start? Because this is like a, a relatively unknown technique. So how did yeah. you get in the field? Well, I honestly, I was a student and I was on my one of my last clinical internships and the physical therapist or clinical instructor I was under, he kept trying to help me with this chronic sciatica that I had. And I was lifting really heavy patients in a rehab center all day long, a lot of morbidly obese people and driving a very difficult stick shift at the time through like an hour plus traffic each way every day. And I was in a ton of pain and he kept trying to help me with, you know, traditional stuff like, you know, stretches, strengthening, mobilizations, different kind of things that we learned in school. And Nothing even gave me a 1% relief. Mm -hmm. And I was just desperate. I was so desperate for help. I just felt terrible. And he was such a nice guy that he kept trying to help me. And at some point, he basically pulls this manual from a strain counter strain class, the original technique. He pulls it out. He literally wipes this thick dust off of it. He says, I've never used this stuff, but let's see if it helps you. And so he did like found one tender point in my butt on that side that sent me through the roof. And I literally screamed and he treated me, put me in the position of ease. And after about two minutes, he took me out of that position and I got off the table and I said, Oh my gosh, what did you just do? I feel so much better. And so he goes, well, it's strain counter strain. And I said, I'm going to learn that someday because it was the first thing that gave me relief. And he didn't know anything else about how to help me. So like it didn't stick. It didn't stay. But every day, at the end of the day, when I got home, I would put my body in that position so that I could continue with my day without feeling miserable. And then basically, after I graduated college, 
I was about a year out when I took my first strain counter strain class. And that was for basically the spine. And I remember being really frustrated, like trying to help a particular patient. Like I was already a hands-on therapist and this one patient, he was like the best patient you could ever ask for. Mm -hmm. Always did everything you asked for and a very happy attitude, but he had had a major trauma where he needed emergency surgery on his spine or he was going to be paralyzed. And after a, a trauma, and when he saw me, he was getting massive calf spasms all night long. He would wake up through the night and throw his foot against the wall to try to stretch his leg out because he couldn't even function. And I tried everything I could possibly think of before I had taken the strain counter strain class. And I'd even brought him in for an in-service and had all of my physical therapy coworkers check him, look through the chart, see what I missed. They said, you've literally tried everything. There's nothing else we can suggest. And I very shortly after that went to strain counter strain class and I kept thinking of this patient and I came back and checked things. I thought, oh, he's got to have this. He's got to have that. And I started treating him and it made such a massive difference in such a short time. It was like I was knocking stuff out of the park. So when you get those kind of results, you your brain has to shift gears. It's like all of this pushing and pulling and stretching and digging on all these tight areas that weren't moving, you know, as a traditional physical therapist, you have to start to realize that, okay, well, what I was doing isn't working as well as this new thing. And so it's sort of just like stepping back and realizing what you're doing differently. And then the more I went down this path, the more I switched away even from exercises to give patients, because I realized that, you know, when you're body is functioning normally, you just get up and you do stuff and you move and you're more active and you feel good and your body just starts moving like it should. I mean, obviously you have, if you have a surgery or something, you have to work on strengthening afterwards, but you know, all that deep stretching and massaging and stuff can be quite torturous, especially if you have some really bad tender points. And I was sick and tired of making people hurt, it would make me cringe. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just so grateful for what I do now because people basically lay down and I work on them and they feel like I'm not really doing much of anything and they get up and they feel different. They move different. And it's just a joy. I love it. So before you left the traditional physical therapy practice, were you able to bring everything that you learned from the strain counter strain into like to a lot of patients who you had been working with, like like the one with the leg, were you are you able to bring it into a traditional practice and and still bill for it? Yeah. So it's anybody licensed to work with patients with their hands, whether it's a physical therapist, occupational therapist, uh -huh. a physician, a chiropractor, acupuncturist, massage therapist, you name it. We've even got like a dentist, periodontist. We can all learn counter strain and bill for it in our practices because we are licensed to treat patients with our hands. Got it. So I can bill it as, you know, manual therapy or neuromuscular reeducation because it does. It completely reeducates your system. So it's covered by insurance. It just, you know, because I'm a physical therapist, mine falls under physical therapy. But if I was a massage therapist, it would be under massage therapy or, Got you know, it. Got it. Thing. You're, you're actually manipulating the body manually. But is there 
Is there a connection between your nervous system and like the guarding that we naturally do when we're injured and and, and what you do? Is there kind of a is is there a part of that with the nervous system? Absolutely. I mean, you think of like even a person who every time you go to touch them or even yourself at a certain spot on your body, some people feel a deep tickle, like they don't even want you to approach an area. Don't touch that area. It's always ticklish. Tickle tickle or tender when you touch an area is usually indicative of dysfunction. And so I have literally had people that can't even tolerate me setting my hand on their body in a certain spot. And I do a release somewhere else. And then suddenly the tickle is completely gone. It is, it never comes back. It's gone. So like there is a neuromuscular component to that as that fascia locks up. And basically as the inflammatory cytokines are in the area, the nervous system is on guard. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That's so fascinating. Interesting. Well, I want to kind of talk specifically about your practice and where people can find you. But before we do that, let's hear from our second sponsor. It's important to have a primary care doctor that you can count on. At BJC Healthcare, world-class and compassionate primary care providers are ready to see you at offices close to home. And you can count on BJC to make it easy, with convenient online scheduling, virtual visits, and direct messaging. To find a BJC primary care provider near you and to schedule an appointment online, visit bjc.org forward slash primary care. All right, and we're back. Laura, what kind of patient, I mean, who is this ideal for? Anyone. It's ideal for any age from newborn to elderly and any condition. If you could have I mean, chronic pain, you could have, you could be suffering with something like Lyme disease, you could have brain fog, digestive issues, sexual function issues, you can have stiffness, you could have basically organ issues or dysfunction, like, you know, you've got a thyroid problem and, you know, nobody can figure it out, you've been medicated, but nothing seems to really be changing. You know, there's basically... Every issue in the body has an underlying dysfunction. And if we can release that dysfunction, your body has the ability to heal itself without resistance. So I would say the people who typically find me are the ones who've tried many different avenues for whatever their issue is, and they're struggling. So they're basically come to me desperate. I heard good things. I heard from a podcast. I heard from a book. I heard from a person that you might be able to help me. And then there's no guarantee that you can help anyone no matter what you do. Yeah, that's actually how I came to you was that I had coffee with a woman and she saw my bandaged arm and she said, what happened? And I said, oh gosh, it's a story. I'm recovering from this surgery and it's just really slow moving and I'm frustrated. And she said, oh my gosh, well, I have somebody for you, which was you because her husband was in chronic pain and was waking up like half a dozen times during the night in pain. And then he... He went and saw you and saw immediate relief and has been touting you ever since. And so that's that's how I found you. So I feel like, you know, once somebody has a positive experience, especially when it's easy for the word to spread. Yeah. Yeah. But that leads me to my next point, which is that you said, you know, anybody who does, you know, that puts their hands on patients can bill for this. However, to your knowledge, is anybody else in the St. Louis area doing this work besides you, Laura? Well, when I look online, there's two different websites that you can find practitioners. One of the websites has only me listed. (laughs) The other website has other practitioners listed that I believe have taken classes, but they're not practicing like in a counter-strain practice. And I don't even know 
who they are. I don't know if they're even incorporating it at all. They just, one of the websites list anyone who's gotten trained and the other one is listing like people who are like, hey, I do counter strain. Mm -hmm. And so there's people around who have learned some sort of counter strain. Right. But in terms of being, is there any kind of formalized certification for it? So the original technique, strain counter strain, which is not what I do. I do fascial counter strain. There is a strain counter strain certification through the Jones Institute because it's from Dr. Jones. And then this year, Brian Tucky is launching a level one certification for practitioners to be able to take the class. The class, or no, it's not even a class. It's, they're taking a test in August. And so they're basically starting to say, okay, if you've had all the training, how do we know you're any good? Well, you're going to take this test. And if you pass the test, which is a three-day test, then we'll certify you level one. So that is just coming out. You can look on and see basically when you look in your area and you have like a wider span of miles to look for a practitioner on www.counterstrain.com, you can see those who are most trained are at the top of the list and those who are least trained are more toward the bottom of the list. And I have all of the training that is out at this point, except for nobody has gotten the certification other than instructors at this point. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Where where can patients find you, Laura? And and also, I want to note, you said that physical therapy offices could bill insurance for this, but you yourself do not take insurance. So I want that out there for people who are considering contacting you just so that they're aware that it's not covered by insurance, which a lot of these practices aren't. But where can patients find you if they want a, a consult and just, you know, ask your opinion? Yeah. So I'm practicing in Chesterfield, Missouri the corner of Baxter and Clayton. Um, and basically I rent a room from another hands-on physical therapist. So I don't take insurance, but people can, if they have a PPO insurance, I can give them an itemized receipt and they could submit it to their insurance for reimbursement, or we can give them a receipt for their HSA to get reimbursed from that. But the idea behind coming here is that you don't continue to come here. So like my goal is not to see you twice a week for six weeks. My goal is that you basically come when you feel like you need to like, okay, so maybe I'll see you once a week until you feel like you're stable. And then we start to just kind of dwindle down the visits so that you basically just fall off the face of the planet at some point. And then you'll <laughs> call me up a couple years from, from then saying, Hey, I, you know, did something on my back. Can I come in or whatever? The idea to me is that you have complete independence and you feel like yourself. So if you think of what you're spending, even in a copay at a traditional physical therapy place where you might feel like you're being harmed or you're, you know, you're having some sort of pain or difficulty and you're doing a bunch of exercises that seem to be like unending you could continue doing that for three, four, five months and having some changes, but it being slow and a lot of times painful. Or you could come a handful of times and see a counter strainer and get better faster and have the abilities that you didn't even know that were possible mm -hmm. to regain so quickly. Yeah. So it really is like a matter of like, you know, priority. Like, yep. Do you want to? Oh, I say that all the time. You can eat crap yeah. food and feel bad later and spend your money on health, or you can eat good food now and feel better later. Yeah. yeah. It's those unintended yeah. consequences, yeah. right? You got to think about it. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, thank you so much. Any last words for patients listening who might be dealing with kind of chronic pain or just some general dysfunction? Anything you want them to know? I just feel like people aren't validated enough. A lot of times people will get like imaging done or they'll see some sort of person and they say, you know, I have these pains or these issues, but nobody knows what to do to help them. They've maybe had a bunch of testing and they just feel stuck or they feel almost sometimes people start to feel like maybe I'm making this up because nobody can find anything wrong with me. And I just want to give people hope that your body sends out check engine lights and you are feeling those check engine lights and you just need somebody who knows how to, you know, plug in and see what check engine lights are being thrown and then have somebody go in and clear the codes. Like it doesn't have to be your life story that you're struggling. And I feel like there just are more answers out there than people know, you know, are even possible. Well, that's why we wanted to have you on. And we really appreciate you sharing your experience and your knowledge. And um, yeah, so. Yeah, thank thank you, Laura. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. Of course. Until next time. See ya. Thank you for being a listener of the Besties with Breasties podcast. If this podcast had a positive impact on your journey, leave us a review or consider becoming a supporter. You can donate with the link in the show notes or at faiththroughfire.org. This episode was hosted by Sarah Hall and Beth Wilmus, audio and production edits by Innovative Frequencies.